2013 was a monumental year in entertainment. Nationally, The Office was in its final season. And arguably the main character, Michael Scott, played by Steve Carell, had a catchphrase that a lot of people were familiar with. Here in the Midwest, it, it took on its own meaning. We're going to talk about That's What She Said, because this is the painful experience on Pain Productions. And today with me, Jeanette Jersek. How are you doing? Hi, Ryan. I'm great. Thanks. I'm coming back. A little behind the scenes thing, you know, I always black out my camera when I do my introduction because I like look off to the right and left and don't make eye contact. So you're going to help me with that. You're going to help me get over those those presentation fears, aren't you? That's what I do. I'm a professional storytelling coach. Perfect. That's what I need. <laughs> so that's what she said. You know, it's 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 a phrase that that people, you know, as I said, from the office, it was always more innuendo, a little bit more, you know. That's how that's what she said came to be in Champagne. If you know the story behind the story, it was the joke that you are talking about. Right. Yeah. The three ladies who started this project uh, loved to make a joke that uh, would make you blush. And that's what she said was uttered quite a bit (laughs) in their brainstorming sessions. So, uh, you know, Jill, Carrie, and Casey, who created the She Said Project, and that's what she said in 2013, as you mentioned, um, they were friends, uh, companions, colleagues, coworkers. They would get together, brainstorm how they can make the world a better place for their daughters, and came up with the concept of a live show where women could share stories in an intimate, vulnerable way. And the very first, that's what she said, launched in October of 2013. Yeah. I actually interviewed Carrie um, right around then when I was still at the radio station. And I, I didn't know her at the time. Um, I've, I've, I've since got to know her better and, and unlocked more of her personality and realized, but I was so nervous, you know, because I was like, oh, they're doing something different. It's not the joke. But like through the interview, things came up and she would chime in with that's what she said and it was totally appropriate for what I just said and I was like okay okay I can relax a little bit there is you know because I was like okay this is empowering women you need to let's not make a joke out of it and then as I right. got more into the heart of exactly yeah exactly you know I got more into the heart of of what was behind it and that there is comedy involved with it even though it isn't a comedy show some people's stories are a little bit funnier some are more intimate it kind of goes person to person. And this year's going to be um, February 26th. Uh, it's a Saturday night at the Virginia Theater. Um, so make sure to get your tickets now. It's coming up like literally two weeks from when we're recording. So we're two weeks out from Curtain. How's it coming? You know, it was touch and go for a while because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, our last show in Champaign was February of 2020. And the show that we're bringing to the stage in two weeks is uh, something we started two years ago, thinking we were going to be back on stage in 2021. So like everything, you know, this year's different. COVID has changed right. everything. And uh, we've had, we have women who are working on their stories who we asked to be in the show almost two years ago. And we have women who are working on their stories who asked to be in the show just a few months ago. So <laughs> this was just a slightly, you know, we, we, we postponed and we postponed and we postponed and then we ended up just skipping an entire year. First and foremost, 
we're grateful. We are so grateful that the community wants us back, has invited us back. We love working with the Virginia Theater. They're so fantastic. Um, and these 10 women, Ryan, who are right now preparing to share their stories in the next installment um, are just incredible. This community is incredible and full of just awesome women who have something to say. And really? I know. Yeah. I just hundred percent. Yeah. I just I love to it. sit back uh, yeah. and be a witness. It's really cool. I love seeing the lineup every year. I usually know maybe one, maybe two, and then I, I learn much more about other women through the process. And let's get into said process because I've been curious. I've I've seen notes. I've, I've people have asked me what you know behind the scenes, like how do you scout or who who how are people chosen? How do you come upon choosing who's going to be in the show? Is that really a big question around town? It is. I, I've, <laughs> I've had people ask me like questions of people I know, like behind the, and like people have wondered like, well, how did, how did this happen? It is a, it is a legit question of like, how, how do you choose? And, and then to go on above that, we can start with that, but then how do you unlock the story or know the story's there? Or do you, you know, is it a chicken egg thing? Do you, do you know the story? And then, okay, we got, we know her story. So we got to get her to tell it or do we just know this this person's super rad so i know i can pull a story out of them and then like give give me the creative process from behind the scenes please so first of all we love the fact that it becomes kind of a a buzz around town who's going to be and that's what she said this year mm -hmm. when are they going to announce the speakers there's something really cool about about that um anticipation that suspense that that has just naturally evolved as the show happens because um we really do take pride in in casting the show and the women that we put in the show they have to stay hush hush for quite some time before we're mm -hmm. ready to reveal them right and they they've known that they were they were going to be participating and we we do make a big deal out of it because we treat these women like celebrities for a couple months leading up to the show and, and we really want to celebrate them for their time their talent their stories so the big question how how do we find the speakers and the answer is, well, there isn't just one way. The answer is it, it's all the things. So first and foremost, we look at our community and our number one goal is to represent our community. And that mm -hmm. means diversity. That means that we are asking women from every corner of the community, different backgrounds, different experiences, different stories, different ages, different cultures, that's our number one goal is to really make sure that the women on the stage represent the women you see every day. And we look for everyday women. You know, our right. favorite thing, and Carrie Russell loves saying this, our favorite thing is when one of the women we talk to says, me, I don't have a story. That's like a huge, you know, <laughs> exciting moment of, well, right. now yes, we're now yes. challenge accepted because we're gonna <laughs> find that story in you. And so sometimes it is the women first. We look at women in the community. Um, we watch, you know, we read the paper. We see who's doing what. Um, women that need to be celebrated. Women that would normally shy away from this type of experience. We love. Um, so so we keep an eye out. We keep an eye on the community. Occasionally it's the story. Occasionally, but I'm going to tell you, it is most of it, mostly we cast the women first, and the story comes later. 
Right. So we don't okay. always know what the story is going to be. Most of the time, we don't know what the story is going to be. And that is part of the process from start to finish. And that is the part that I do the most. Like I, I've been directing the show since 2015. I've been working one-on-one with each and every woman who goes through this process. And that's why I call myself a storytelling coach. It was something that developed over time. And, and it's a wonderful process. And again, there isn't one answer. I will tell you that I have a lot of coffee dates with a lot of women. <laughs> I love coffee. So it's a win for me. <laughs> exactly. It's research, you know. Uh, it is. You, <laughs> that was going to be my fault. So do you do one-on-one or do you get them together and do brainstorming? So you start with the one-on-one and, and kind of get familiar with them. But I see like the pictures and stuff on social media of you guys practicing and getting together and it looks like a lot of fun. So eventually you bring the whole crew together and then is there like a a creative process in that aspect too? But basically you're already unlocked the story one-on-one and kind of, is it a, so tell me your life story kind of deal. How do you, how do you start? What's, what's your first question of like trying to pull the, 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 the goods, so to speak, Gosh. out, you know, like what's what's the professional storyteller secret of unlocking the story? What's the first question you ask is tell me about your childhood. Do you have them lay down on a couch and, you know, like start getting into their brain? What, what's happening here? Ryan, you want to give you want me to give away all my secrets? You? <laughs> like, seriously. Yeah, yeah um, I do. We have some amazing conversations okay. and you actually kind of called out some of the best questions I ask. I have a list that has evolved over time that I just, I love sitting down, asking a woman to tell me her life story and just sitting back and listening. Mm -hmm. Because what we find is when you, all right, where were you born and go from there? Because someone, if you give them, you know, 45 minutes or an hour, they're going to tell you their whole life story and naturally find those moments that define who they are today in the conversation. They're going to control the conversation about what comes up and what experiences were so important that it's relevant to tell me your life story. And as you listen and you listen to their their cadence, well, I was born here and my parents did this and da, 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 da. You know, there's always those those, um, key phrases that I listen for. Something like, um, well, there was this one time or I'll never forget when. And then there really is like a, a ding, ding, ding that goes off in my head where, okay, I'm going to take note right now and we're going to come back to that because usually those are those are natural signals that something happened in that moment that made them you know changed that changed them good bad or you know there's there's always we all have them we all have stories Mm -hmm. we all have hundreds and hundreds of stories so it's such a fun interesting process to find the one that makes it to the stage and for every woman's story you see on that stage, I mean, I've talked through maybe even, you know, dozens or hours of, of, of life and living. And it's like meeting someone at an event and, and instead of starting with the small talk, we get rid of that right off the top. Like there is no small talk and that's what she said. <laughs> we get right to what makes you tick, you know? Exactly. What did you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be when you grow up? Um, what is the funniest thing that ever happened to you? Um, what is the most embarrassing thing that ever happened to you? I love it when those stories make the stage because they, you know, laughter and awkwardness make us all feel better about ourselves. 
when someone is brave enough to go up there and share the horrible thing that happened to them, <laughs> you know, right. we, we can all laugh together because, oh my God, we've been there too. But she's had the courage to say it out loud, right? Absolutely. And I'm going to paint a little picture for my listeners that aren't in the market. I mean, the Virginia Theater is what, 1,600 seats roughly? Just over 1,400. 14, okay. And it's this gorgeous historic venue. Yeah, I mean, it's it's beautiful. Ever since that they refurbed it, I mean, everything. You can go online and see pictures of it. But I mean, I just, it's, it's, it's a good sized venue. They have concerts there. We have comedians. Like, it's, it's a wonderful multi-purpose venue. But a lot of these times, probably most of the times, these women haven't been in front of that many people. So now you've unlocked the story. What's getting over the hump of, okay, now... I mean, that's that's really the part I just told everybody I blacked out my camera. We're one on one. Um, now you're 1400 large. Go ahead. You know, I'm, I'm doing the hand motions. Go ahead. Go on out there. I mean, you do have uh, the, uh, the other ladies on the stage for support. I've seen, you know, in the different chairs and the couches. It's a nice, relaxed atmosphere. But then it's jumping over, you know, jumping off the building, you know, so to speak, like, all right. Go time, lights on. I mean, how, how do you prepare for that moment? I'm so glad you asked because most of the women who agree to be in That's What She Said have never done anything like this in their lives. Right. We we don't look for the polished speakers, the the, the professional, you know, public speakers who are out there doing the, the, the speaker circuit. Occasionally we get one because, you know, they they're an advocate for something in the community and and they go out and, and educate people and they're in front of people and they're more comfortable. But we love so much when we get someone who is still shaking in their boots in the first rehearsal. Mm-hmm. Like, what did yeah. I agree to? Because that there's some serious beauty in that moment of overcoming that and doing it anyway, that gives other women permission to, to be bold and to be fearless in their lives because they witness someone doing it. But we don't just push them out of the nest and hope they fly. <laughs> I am, um, I am actually, a, you know, a trained actress and a professional director. I studied theater at the University of Illinois. I worked in New York and Los Angeles as a director, producer, writer, actor. So I have the the background and the experience, <laughs> and um, have taught acting classes. So when I joined the team, that was the gift that I brought to the table that I work one-on-one with each woman and also create an ensemble. When we work one-on-one, we develop the story, but then I bring all of my background and experience to the table and we do warm-ups and improv games and exercises to help them overcome some of these nerves and build confidence and preparation for this. And we practice in front of each other and support each other and do it again and do it again and do it again and get those words off the page and and overcome piece by piece by piece. And I love that you noticed that we put the entire cast on that stage in what we make look like in the living room. It's like the living room because it is the atmosphere is hanging out in your girlfriend's living room, sharing these stories at the end of the night. That's the atmosphere we create. And we put the women literally behind them. They got their back, literally. (laughs) Exactly. So no one feels like they're going out there unprepared. You know, we work really hard to make sure they're ready. 
aces and you guys there is a youtube channel um and so i'm not asking you to to pick favorites but for those listening at home um and there's certain years where it's all of them all those stories and there's some from different markets which we'll get into in a little bit here but what would be a couple of the speakers to give someone a taste of that's what she said like you know obviously you should start with the genesis uh carries uh naked on healy street streaking story i mean i think that's kind of the pace setter but um i'm not going to give you that softball i'm going to make you pick a couple more and so um what are some other ones that people should check out on youtube oh there are so many and yes this is important. Every single performance that has been on the She Said stage is on our YouTube channel. You can watch an entire show start to finish, or you can watch each individual speaker. Um, so it, it is youtube.com slash She Said Project. All of our handles are She Said Project. So easy to find, we hope. Um, but we've had six, we're going on seven shows in Champaign. We've had two in Bloomington. We've had multiple virtual shows. We even had a web series for a, a little while. You, you got to try it. <laughs> there's just so many. There's just right. so many stories that you can pull from. But some of my absolute favorites, um, the Genesis, like you said, uh, Carrie stood up there and talked about being um, chronically awkward, and that launched <laughs> a movement. She right. she told us to to find those ladies who will fly their freak flag right alongside yours loud and proud. And that began a movement that I wanted to be a part of. And so her story is great. Um, from the the second show, we had Leslie Marinelli and Angela Shelton and um Becca Gayette at United oh, Way yeah. told a phenomenal story mm. in 2015. And Jan Seeley of the Illinois Marathon talked about, you know, her husband passing. Um, we love that there's always a blend of empowerment and overcoming tragedy and hilarious and beautiful. Um, I started directing in 2015, so I'm trying to remember some of the favorites that I worked on. Um, Stacy Cole from 2016, oh, sure. very powerful about getting out of, of an abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. um, 2019, we opened the show with Mayor Deb Frank Finan, <laughs> Mayor and Julia Reeds, our state's attorney, and they really took advantage of the opportunity to show that they are real people. You know, we, mm -hmm. we really wanted them to just be human on that stage and connect with their community. And it was awesome. And Tanisha King Taylor, who stood up there and talked about being just a black girl. Oh, one of the most powerful moments for me. Um, 2020 was our last time live in Champaign. Kelly Hill. Oh, oh love yes. that woman. Love Kelly. She was a rock star. Mariah Madison, Sally K. Carter. I mean, the list goes on and on. Like, You're right, right, right. Angie Franklin, if you want to laugh until you cry, watch Angie <laughs> Franklin's story, period. There you go. That's my gift to you. That's amazing. I hope you're all taking notes at home. Start making markers. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of Angie Marker, you know, that was a great story. A oh, my Very God. emotional story. Very Angie gripping. did a duet because yes. we'll put two women together in a duet. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, I'm just going to spoil alert. Here it is. If you don't want to yes. know, stop listening. But one of the most powerful stories ever told. Oh, man. 
Angie, yeah. you know, is an adoptive mom and she had the biological mom of her first child and Oof. they shared the story of when they both became mothers. Yeah. Oh my God. It gets me chills every time. Right. <laughs> Same here. That sounds like, yeah. I mean, again, it's a lot of the, you know, you mentioned a lot of, uh, of women I know. I mean, uh, and I've known Stacy Cole when she was Stacy LeBrec back in high school. And, you know, I've known Becca Gayette. I've met her through, we've been friends for a long time, but I still don't even know some of these stories. And these are people I've known for years. And so it's, it's still, you know, oh, you know, go support a friend. And then all of a sudden you're still learning something new about someone you might have known a decade. And let me point this out. I love what you just said, because there's a lot of these women who are known in the community. This is a small community. If you're out and about and connected and going to events and things, people know who you are. But we we always ask these women to dig a little deeper. So if there is something you are already known for or, you know, you, you have a, a story that we want the story behind the story or the untold mm -hmm. story. And I'm going to give you an example. Julie Pride is a speaker and that's what she said 2022. Julie Pride is the head of the Champaign County Public Health District. Julie Pride was asked to be, and that's what she said, in April of 2020. And oh. we've been holding on to this secret for a very, very long time. And we had no idea right. what, what was going to happen in the last <laughs> no, two no. years. And Julie Pride is not allowed to say the word COVID, vaccine, or pandemic on our stage. Thank because goodness. she is so much more than her title. Mm -hmm. She is so much more than the last two years. We want the world to meet Julie Pride, the woman. Yeah. And uh, the world wants a night to escape from hearing the words COVID vaccine or social media or anything like that. So we thank you for, <laughs> you know, I'm sure there's a great story there too, but let's, let's just oh, leave that on the, yeah, I <laughs> no. can't wait for the world to hear the Julie Pride story. It's, Awesome. And you're a fellow potter. I mean, uh, you're a podcast host. Um, you're sponsored podcast host. I'm jealous. Um, partnered with, uh, you know, uh, WILL and Illinois Media. You've got, uh, but talk about that. Talk about, you know, because then yeah. you have them on and then you have the guests come back again and kind of reflect right. and, and talk further and how did it go and it kind of gives a little bit more perspective and a little bit more behind the scenes and, a, and an update and still building like that community as you talked about in the in this in the sisterhood and the togetherness so talk a little bit about the podcast because after you're done watching the youtube channels guess what you still have seasons you have four seasons at least so far of podcasts to listen to as well your listeners are going to be overwhelmed with all of these homework assignments for giving <laughs> But yes, back in 2019, we decided um, that we wanted to take these stories that had been so impactful in our community locally and share them with a larger audience because there's power in the hearing of women's stories. So we partnered with Illinois Public Media. We recorded our first two seasons in their studio and then COVID hit and we also did a bunch on Zoom. But you're right. Our format is that we reconnect with one of the women who have already been on the She Said stage and we check in with them. We find out um, the story behind the story, what made them tell the story, but also 
the impact that telling that story on stage that night has had on their life, their community, their family. Um, and so that's been so much fun. And of course, we started with the women of Champaign because that's where we had content from our shows here. And as we've grown into other communities, we got to add those women. We had two sh a show in Bloomington. So then we featured our Bloomington sisters on the right. podcast. Then we had a series of virtual shows, which we were no longer bound by geography. We got exactly. to have podcast sisters come back and talk to us from I mean, as far away as Barcelona, you know, so so we got to test those waters and see if if the world is ready for women's stories, you know, in, in this format. And now that we're going into more communities, as you said, we were going to talk about mm -hmm. um, perfect segue, wing, wing, that, <laughs> that the, the podcast will get to be the glue between the women from all these different communities that we'll get to feature. And as more shows pop up and more communities, we'll make the podcast even a more regular thing so that um, so that we can get the, the stories out there. And because of our partnership, we're just so grateful that, you know, you can go to npr.org and find our podcast. And um, and we want we want to shout it loud and proud that, you know, women oh, yeah. have something to say. All right. I mean, yeah, quick quick Google of uh, even she said project it'll be on the first page as well um so yeah you said natural segue there so I mean we got we got St. Louis we got uh, Peoria um both close by here but then I see Minnesota I see uh Pennsylvania and then there's information on your website as well about how you can start a show host a show so I mean the she said I said this earlier, I'm going to try to say she said project. It's, it's a vocal exercise. You need to work with me more. She said project. <laughs> work why? There was that whole thing there for a while with the she shed. You know what I'm talking about? I there absolutely was, do. Instead of the I, man cave, there's a she shed. I feel shed, like so. we need a she shed to house she said. You're We're right. working on that. Oh, man, that will be a tongue twister. You'll have to warm me up for that one. But yeah, it's spready. She said, meet me at the she shed. <laughs> exactly. That's why you're the pro. So it's spreading. It's spreading across the country in, in, in a positive way. So how did these come about and how are they still connected? And and again, I, I mentioned the website, but if somebody is curious, um, do they talk to you? I just unpacked a lot there. Why don't you just. <laughs> so, you know, we needed to, to figure out if if this would uh, work in other markets. So I produced and directed the, the first two shows in Bloomington. And now I have a producing partner in Peoria and I'm directing that show. And I cannot wait for you guys to meet that cast where we've been working with them. And our very first Peoria show is in April of 2022. But we built a licensing program so that um, individuals or organizations that would like to take on the challenge producing that's what she said, can license the rights to the show. Um, and and bring it to your community. So we have a producing partner on the ground in St. Louis who built the show there, and we are behind the scenes supporting them and helping them every step of the way. The Pennsylvania show, Allentown, Pennsylvania, is going up on March 11th. That is actually being produced by the Junior League of Lehigh Valley. And oh, wow. I picked that out because we have a very strong Junior League here. I've been a very active member. But what I saw was an opportunity to connect with women's organizations. Um, and that's what she said can be an opportunity for organizations to raise awareness uh, about the work that they do in the community and raise funds for the organization. So you can license, that's what she said, and run it as a 
part-time business. You can run it as a fundraiser for your nonprofit. There's different ways to do that. And there is a link on the website where you can, you know, uh, say you're interested and we'll reach out to you. We're, um, we're growing that side of things. There's a lot of work happening behind the scenes to build the licensing program and training program. We would love to see, that's what she said, in all 50 states and yeah. all over the world. We'd like to say that we're kind of like TED Talks circa 1987. You know, <laughs> we're, we're growing. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, it's a shame that, you know, these are all adults because teens have voices too and it would be oh wait no you guys have tackled that arena too because you have what teens say expand upon that i mean when did the idea come because that just seems like another hurdle to get i mean a lot of people are nervous public speaking they've never done it before but again you know they may have experience of being older and so again do you find it the teens are easier to to talk in front of other people then because they have a little bit less inhibition or i mean what how did it come to the, like you know what i think we can do this with teens and i think it i think it'll work fine because i i in my head i can't figure out if that would be an easier or harder demographic to really tackle like heading to the stage and, and burying themselves a little bit yeah well it's easier in some ways and harder in others. But as we were, Carrie likes to say that, as she said, grew, there was a fishbowl full of ideas. Like there's so many ways that she said can grow and expand and impact more and more people in the community. And one of those ideas in the fishbowl was a teen program. And so in 2018, we came together and figured out how to make that work. We partnered with the Champagne Park District, which has been the most amazing partnership, and built a three-day curriculum where we invite teen girls from our community to apply. There's an application and a nomination process, so an adult can nominate a teen girl and a teen girl can apply. And it's designed for 15 teen girls to go through a weekend with mentors, with no cell phones, and just Focusing ah. on them. So that's key one. Key one is yeah, that's that's lovely. That sounds refreshing. Key two is so these women who stand up, and that's what she said, we give them months to prepare for this experience. Mm-hmm. These teen girls do it in three days. So we meet with them on a Friday night. We get to know them a little bit. We talk about what kind of topics would be interesting for their personal story. We spend a lot of time on Saturday playing improv games and doing confidence boosting exercises and creative writing and public speaking coaching. And they write their own story um, right then and there and practice it. By the end of Saturday, they have their story written and rehearsed. And on Sunday afternoon, they stand up on a stage in front of an audience and share their story, just like the women. That's what she said. And here's... Here's my biggest takeaway from that experience is that we don't give these teen girls enough credit. They have something to say if only we would listen. And so that's what we did. We started listening. And so, yes, they will share and they will be bold and brave and talk. We've been blown away by the topics that they're willing to talk about. Just because we said the floor is yours. Here is a microphone and and adults who care, who will listen. What do you want to say? And they have talked about body shaming and bullying and 
depression and anxiety and parents getting divorced and being adopted and physical disability, like coming out, you name it, we've covered those topics and I cannot wait to uncover even more. But I have personally coached over 60 teen girls since we launched this program. And I cannot wait to see that's what teens say in every community possible. We built it as a curriculum so that um, any organization looking for quality teen programming can purchase it and learn how to run it themselves. I'm still stuck on getting rid of the phones. I think that's just brilliant. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, because I think that's that's the stereotype, right? You know, yeah. that that teenagers are just zombies and they're they're screen slaves and they just sit there and they don't have much to say because they're too busy tweeting it or snapping it or whatever and everything's 140 characters and they don't really have that's that's the detriment of this generation you know that, that they don't have anything to say because their attention spans are shot and blah 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 the constant berating of all that so i mean i think opening that up and you know not having a distraction a, a i don't completely agree with that assertion if that wasn't clear but you know removing that distraction and and, and getting them around each other and, and then talking about it that's just got to be so refreshing and enlightening just to be like, okay, there isn't something to distract me. That These are the things I've been thinking about. And maybe the distractions that I was using on the phone is distracting me from how I'm feeling about this. And maybe now I can talk about this and get this out there and be a little therapeutic, you know? Yeah, it, it is. There's a little bit of therapy in all of this work You're right. to do. And it's so healthy and it's so good. And we build such strong relationships and stronger communication skills. Like what you said about, you know, teens growing up attached to their devices, we, we've lost a lot of communication skills. And that's, I think, the gift that I bring to the table is being a communication specialist or communication coach. I will force you to make eye contact with me <laughs> play an improv game. And I don't care how uncomfortable you are because it's healthy and it's good to interact with humans and to overcome your fears and stand up and do it anyway. Give us an example of a couple of those improv games, just as a sidetrack. Oh. Give me a example. I always, you always see like the, uh, the shows almost like, not making fun of it, but like two steps away from an actual improv class. So it's like a show about an improv class. So they're kind of, you know, blowing it out of proportion and, and things. So give me like some actual, some improv exercises. I just wanted to... Well, we always start with the first rule of improv, Ryan. Yes. And so when, when you take an improv class or when you are going to practice improv, like if I were to ask you the question, Hey, Ryan, did you have worms for breakfast today? And I told you that you had to answer no matter what came at you with the words, yes, and finish the sentence. Go ahead. Ah, did you so have worms like, for breakfast today? Yes, and a piping hot plate of dirt. Yes, delicious. What that does is it creates an environment of yes, so that you're opening up your mind and your creativity to whatever is going to come at you that day. So we always start with yes, and. Um, we play some team building exercises like zip, zap, zap. All my theater geeks out there will know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, you know, I teach that we do tongue twisters and warm ups and the name game, like where you have to say, I'm Jazzy Jeanette. And, and everyone has to read <laughs> it so that we connect and we laugh. Laughter is a huge connector, right? And they look at me like this 
crazy old lady who's acting very silly. And that's sure. the thing is you just, you just have to not care what you look like. And you have, if I'm comfortable in my own skin being silly, I'm going to give them permission to do the same. Right. right? That's what Absolutely. it's, that's what it's all about. And I felt like that something that took me a long time to do just personally, you know, and, and I attribute it to age. So, I mean, and it doesn't have to be. So again, I mean, talking about teens, image is everything and, and who you present yourself as that has to be an extra barrier. It's not lost on adults either, but I mean, that has to be an extra barrier to, to get past, you know, of just dropping that guard. <laughs> I mean, right. But you, if we can get them early enough, yeah. where, you know, it's before they've developed all of this, you know, this society told me I can't be loud and I can't take up space and I can't have mm -hmm. an opinion. You know, we're as adults overcoming all that we've learned, right? We're unlearning things. And if we can get with these teen girls and teens in general and teach them before these habits are formed. Now, I only get them for three days, but I feel sure. like we do some incredible work in three days. But if we can get this across the country and getting in, you know, these teens, giving them a voice and teaching them that it is okay to take up space and it is okay to um, to be seen and to be heard. Oh my gosh, like we can change the world. <laughs> Absolutely, I have no doubt. I mean, there's gonna be one in every state, so you're already getting this country covered. Let's go Power. global. Challenge accepted. <laughs> Let's go global with it. Why not? Right. Now this one I don't know as much about, so you're gonna have to help me with this. Um, the I love playing with words. I love puns and everything of its ilk. So the shoe said project, I, 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 it looks like it has to do with donations in the, yeah. in the marathon, but I don't know many details help fill in the blanks. The shoe said project is my, my own personal pet project. And I like to say the philanthropic arm of the she said project. Mm -hmm. So we are the official uh, organizer of this shoe drive at the Illinois Marathon, which happens in April in Champaign-Urbana, Illinois. And uh, we have a partnership with an organization called Share Your Souls Foundation uh, based in Chicago. And that was founded by a woman, Mona Purdy, who 23 years ago um, saw a need in a small Guatemalan village where there were children running around with tar on their feet because they had no shoes. And these are communities where shoes mean transportation and access right. to health care and education. And she started distributing shoes. She, I think they've developed, they've distributed over 20 million pairs of shoes. Um, no, wait, I'm saying that wrong. 23 years, 4 million pairs of shoes or 5 million pairs of shoes. But I mean, like communities oh. in Africa and Central America and global and US and, you know, answering those, those, those emergencies and like uh, Hurricane Katrina and, um, so she and I, uh, found each other and, and bonded. And so we're going to, we're going to collect some shoes and raise some funds where we can really make an impact because think about, think about the shoes in your closet right now. Each one of those pairs of shoes has a story to tell, and I'm all about storytelling. And so as you donate a pair of shoes and, and you think about the stories that those shoes have lived, think about the story of the person whose life you can change with that pair of shoes. And one of my dreams one day is to produce a documentary that follows a pair of shoes from our shoe drive ah. to the final recipient and follow that story. Wow. Yeah, that could be like a boyhood thing. 
you know that movie where they they have the same actor and uh, i forget how long yes, it took them to film yes. that but then like the shoes check it's in like every 20 year years or, to make that movie right, yeah yeah exactly. no i just want to follow a pair of shoes like pick a random con- uh, donor at the illinois marathon mm-hmm. just drop it off a pair of shoes right. and stop Tell me, tell me about this pair of shoes. Okay, we're gonna follow this pair of shoes as it goes through the sorting process and then gets on a plane and goes somewhere. And I wanna watch it be handed to a woman with, you know, three children and who who share a pair of shoes. And this this has the potential to change lives. Yeah, hundred percent. Like you said, I mean, that's comfort. That's the basic comfort level of just getting from here to there. I mean, it's something that so many people take for granted that it's just like, you know, I have a pair by my door that I use just for taking my dog out, and some people don't even have any. I mean, that that's just ludicrous to think about, and it's amazing work. Thank you so much. I oh, can't expand on that. No, but thank you for even bringing it up. It is, uh, it is an arm of our project that we're still figuring out, but it's very meaningful. Mm-hmm. Now, is this a date night? Um, you know, when you I first. Be. When I did my well, no, when I did my first interview again, I told you how nervous I was, and Carrie helped, uh, you know, squash that. But then after it was done, I was like, "Oh man, I really want to go." But yeah. then I was like, "You know, man, I we got our own thing. This is their thing. Like, where does the lines cross here? You know, for the listeners at home, like, do I do I go with my wife to this? Do can I go as a single male? Am I welcome? Am I not welcome? Like, I feel like that needs to be addressed." Ryan, you would be so welcome at that. <laughs> we need men supporting women. We need 100%. men in the community to hear these stories. My husband has been front row center at every show that I've directed and is so proud to support, you know, this mission of, of giving women a microphone and a platform. Um, we certainly have more women in the audience than men, and we've mm-hmm. heard that it is a fun girls' night out. The women in our community do love to uh, make a night of it and go out to dinner and get their gals, and we support that. I, I'd love to do a study on the economic impact we've had on downtown Champaign, <laughs> all the restaurants and, and girls going out, but um, we've certainly had and appreciated the men in our audience who who've stood up and cheered and posted and thanked us. Um, I like to joke, my husband loves to be Mrs. Jeanette Jerzyk for one night a year mm-hmm. and uh, will stand in the lobby watching these women come in the door and every third or fourth woman will come up and give him a kiss on the cheek because they know us personally or they know me. And they're like, oh my God, Brian, you must be so proud. Oh my God, Brian. And he, like, I see him at the end of the night and he's got like lipstick all over his collar and it's hilarious, <laughs> but he takes it all in and really can see, you know, what we're building. And we need that. So Ryan, come on down. Be my guest. Bring your wife. It could be a date night. Um, yeah, come on out. We'd love uh, to have yeah. you. I just wanted to help dispel those myths because it does kind of seem like, you know, okay, oh, whoa, hands off. This is a this is a women's only. You know, I've I've heard that mentioned just like you know when we started off about how do they pick the women the other side i've always heard is like oh no i wouldn't dare go to that they might think i'm a creeper you know or something like that you know i'm like no man that's it's all about sharing stories and learning about people in your community and so let's see you know we love to share about the party after the party 
Um, we actually do have an after party being hosted by the Junior League of Champaign-Urbana. So if anyone wants to come out, see the show, and then celebrate these women, we we head on over to Neal Street Blues mm-hmm. and have a little after party. And that is a ticketed event. And you can find those tickets at juniorleaguecu.org or just follow us on social media, which I knew <laughs> you can ask me about, and get all the details and information on all the events. I will say, you know, the Virginia is celebrating their 100th anniversary season we're so proud and honored to be part of their season to be you know recognized as as a community event that that can you know be in their we're in their subscription series like we're in their season for real mm-hmm. oh yeah and um even though it makes me sad i i, I do want to share their they have um, put a hold on selling concessions because of covid and and we're making sure that we're educating our audience on that so there's no um expectations you know lost but um but so it's a it's a masked environment and there's no concessions there's no popcorn or wine so ladies go get your your cocktails before you come to the show and then meet us at the after party (laughs) perfect and i'll put those links in the show notes so that everybody can click on them easy from their phone to make sure that you can get to them simply now um listeners of the show will recognize from our dance scenes from movies episode andrea and angie as guests invited guests and 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 performers of this year's show but can you give us a little sneak peek of anything any nugget of of who else is in it or what they're going to say you don't Mm. even have to say who it is but maybe somebody's going to talk about this topic i won't say who or give us a tease here so um you are you are you are clever ryan uh we we keep real hush hush on what i know you're talking about before <laughs> before show night and i think we're at the you know two weeks out i think i'm almost ready to start teasing our fans with uh with some of the topics so you're right the hunt twins are mm-hmm. going to be um, talking about life as a twin, of course. Of course. Um, and what life is like when they're together or not together. So that'll be interesting. Um, they're they're townies through and through. So um, some of your listeners might have met Angela and Andrea in yeah. their journeys. Um, who else? I'm very proud of Stephanie Stewart Cockrell. For those who don't know her, she started an organization for teen girls um, in Urbana called The Well Experience. And it's a nonprofit. She's a she's a social worker and just provides these amazing wraparound services for girls and families. And I just fell in love with her when I met her. And she's gonna share her own experience, the good, the bad, and the ugly of of Mm, I don't want to give away too much, but okay, okay, uh, you can stop. Being a mama, being a mama, and a black woman, and um, some of the discoveries that that she had to make for herself along the way. And then this one, this is really important to me. Um, Like I said, we we dig deep into our community, looking for new voices, diverse voices, and Taylor Clay is in our cast, and she is, I believe, the first woman that we've featured in a she said show with a physical disability. Oh, sure. Yes, yeah. I know Taylor. And so Taylor has cerebral palsy and mm-hmm. walks either with crutches or uses a wheelchair and um and so a she, triplet. And is a triplet. That is correct. So I do my homework got, too. I do my homework too. You do. And she's got, you know, so many stories that have come out of that 
and we're thrilled that she's uh that we're you know raising her voice and sharing her perspective mm -hmm. and we're very proud of the fact that she's actually joining the team at the she said project as a consultant to help us um, be more aware of women with disabilities and when we're expanding into new markets that we are training our new producers to to find the right women and share their voices and ask the right questions um, that our venues are as accessible as possible that the the she said speaker experience is accessible as possible that the audience experience is accessible as possible mm -hmm. so she's helping us explore all of our platforms be from podcasts to video to live shows to make sure that uh that that we are accommodating and we we don't just talk the talk but we walk the walk when we say we want to be a safe space for all women we mean it beautiful I think that's the time to wrap it up. I'll get you off the hot seat now. Although I don't think you actually have ever been on a hot seat in your life, have you? I mean, you covered literally every inch of the She Said Project. <laughs> if any of your listeners are still listening, I'm like a plot. Call me and I will give you a free ticket to the show <laughs> because I, I'd be very impressed if anyone listened to me for this long. But I'm very passionate about it. And it's just, it's so exciting to me. I still get to work with Carrie Rosso as a mentor and my co-host on the podcast. Um, but we, we've got so much planned for the future of the She Said Project. I appreciate this opportunity to share um, so that, you know, you guys can, can come along for the ride. They're on social media, as She Said Project, on all platforms. So make sure to go and follow them. And uh, yeah, I already gave you homework. Make sure to check out a few YouTube videos, listen to the podcast, get immersed in it, and then you'll be all ready to go in two weeks for Curtain at the Virginia Theater. Uh, link will be in the description notes. Get your tickets today. Thanks again, Jeanette. Thank you, Ryan.